0: Hi again everybody, Ron Sherry here with another edition of your Minnesota Bound podcast. Today we have a very special guest who I've known for a long time and uh, has established himself now as the star producer of a television fishing show which uh, a lot of people would like to try, very few succeed. And I'm talking about Steve Panaz, the uh, host of, uh, of a of a fishing show i'll have him describe but steve welcome to the minnesota bond podcast hey ron's good to be here well listen I, you've been involved in the outdoor business for a long time but uh, you got the idea to do a fishing show on television now the, you know there's a was a lot of fishing shows on television most of them didn't last very long what what prompted you to even try this
1: well i needed to eat Honestly, I I had spent 25 years with North American Media Group. We had new ownership come in and uh, basically the direction they were taking the company and I didn't agree. And so we parted ways in 2011. And um, I I really, uh, I I had a call from the head of Berkeley Tackle at the time and he said, we'll follow you wherever you go. And that was uh, a great conversation. And and so I said, I, well, I've got an idea for a TV show called Lake Commandos, and it was really uh, it kind of built from there. So I was able to bring in uh, uh, pure fishing and and Ranger boats and Yamaha outboards and Garmin out you know electronics and stuff and partners that we had kind of built relationships with over the years and and you know it's been it's been ten years. This is our tenth season already.
0: So now you at least you can eat, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well you you know my wife Karen and she just said the world doesn't need another fishing show but I said, yeah, but we need to eat so <laughs> that's where kind of the emphasis to uh, launch the show. Well that,
0: that, that would be you know initially if you'd have asked me ten years ago, I would have said the same thing as your lovely uh, wife the world doesn't need another fishing show uh, to me and I love fishing a lot of them bored me but your vision for Lake Commandos explain that vision. Uh, what did you see?
1: Well, most of the shows out there, uh, they say we're going to do a segment on crankbaits or how to fish jigs or or topwaters. And and that's not the approach that I wanted to take. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for anglers is to go to a body of water and learn how to catch fish that day based on what's happening on the water. So the whole focus of this was for us to go to bodies of water that we've never seen before or haven't fished in a number of years. And and try to build a pla- a pattern blind. So I, I take a guest, typically they're guests like yourself who have been uh, you know expert anglers. And and we try to fish against each other, not for the competition, but for us to kind of work harder to build the patterns. What what do the bass want today? Why aren't the walleye biting? What do we need to do to get crappie or salmon or pike or muskies or whatever? And it, it really comes down to here's what we're seeing. Here's what we need. Here's the decisions we made, and here's the result. And I think people understand that what we're trying to do is difficult. We're going in blind, and and when we do have success, they they uh, they celebrate it with us. But they also understand, hey, I just learned something, and that's I think one of the things that's missing from a lot of fishing shows right now.
0: Well, you're you're right. Um, it sounds like kind of a risky proposition. I mean. If you're doing a fishing show, you got to catch something. And you and I both know there are days when, I don't care, dynamite won't do it. (laughs) Have you had any of those?
1: You know, Rob, we've done 130 episodes right now. And every morning when I get up to tape, and you know what it costs to put together a show like this. You've got expenses to get there. You've got your staffing, and you've got the camera and everything. Um, We've been successful uh, probably 90 99% Eight, 99% of our shows, and I and I can't say I would have been able to do that 25 years ago but I think that uh, after years of travel and years of spending time with some really really good anglers I think I've learned how to how to pattern fish and if I can't figure it out my guest can typically and one way or another we get it done.
0: Steve I really appreciate your Lake Commando's vision here because uh... You know, there's a a lot of fishing shows out there. There were, and most of them were boring. And I love fishing, but it was like, watch me catch another bass for 25 minutes. Or I've often said you could have the most interesting person in the boat, two people in the boat, but the star of the show was so busy catching bass, kissing them, whatever. You never heard much about the other person who could have been, you know, very interesting. Anyway, uh, as you mentioned, uh, education was often... Uh, not very, not emphasized very much in these shows, and you certainly took a different approach, and I and I applaud you for that. Thank you. The other thing, Steve, is that uh, um, there's great. I mean, there's great risk getting into television to begin with. What would you say to a young fishing stud right now who thinks they're great on camera, etc.? Uh, go for it, or, or or forget it.
1: It's a that's a tough question, Ron. I don't get that one near as much as I used to, and I'm sure you've been asked a, a hundred thousand times as well. I think linear television is going to be here for a while, uh, if not a long while. But I do think it's important to recognize that social media and and the YouTube channels and things are still uh, An easy entry into it to find out if you have what it takes to make it work, and and not have a big investment. I'll tell you, when we bought our first HD camera back when we were airing on ESPN, I mean, it was ninety two or ninety four thousand dollars, and vi- the video tapes were fifty bucks for thirty minutes. I mean, it was a very expensive for us to go tape anywhere. And and nowadays you can buy a GoPro <laughs> or some other camera for three four hundred bucks, and you've got an HD camera that's in pretty good shape. And and the, the gear is so much easier to use than it used to be. The editing systems are so much easier. And I think I, I think the entire population is is much stronger in terms of production. Uh, we've seen that with TikTok. We've seen that with YouTube, and and a lot of the the stories uh, on Facebook. But it's a different market now, and, and instead of looking for home run hits on a network like NBC or ESPN or ESPN2 like we used to air, it's now uh, opportunities to reach a smaller audience but more hardcore, and it's just a different business model. But I would say there's a lot of people out uh, making it now, especially the young women, uh, which I think is fascinating and, and fantastic because uh, there's some very, very avid anglers out there, and there's some very, very avid hunters and it's exciting to see how uh, they've taken charge and, and and are getting out more and more.
0: Well, it's very well put. Um, I mean, I kind of look at it this way. Uh, fishing is not going out of style. Uh, there will always be interest in fishing and interest in learning how to fish. Um, you know, years ago, as you might remember Steve, guides and others would never say anything. They didn't want anybody to know how they were catching fish. And, of course, many years now, uh, there's fishing experts divulging damn near everything they know, and yep. including where what lakes they're on, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, in your show, you you tell people what lake you're on and, and uh, what you're trying to do. Um, and, of course, the Lindners, I think, broke a lot of ground with their high education uh emphasis and they do it very well you however with your commandos take another approach it's educational but it's something that all anglers can relate to because you're going to a lake that you don't know but also as you know every day even if you go to the same lake every day can be a different puzzle to solve right
1: yeah, and I think one of, the, one of the the keys to success is every time I wake up uh, to do a shoot, I have butterflies in my stomach. You know, it's it, is it going to happen today? And, and the other thing is when you're fishing new bodies of water, you're able to make smarter decisions based on what you're seeing. So if I'm fishing, say, Lake Independence where I live, and I've got 30 years of history on it, and I go out there and I say, hey, I'm gonna fish crappies, I'm gonna run out to a certain spot or spots and, and target them with lures and baits that I've used in the past. And if they don't work, which is sometimes the case, I, I'm lost because you get mired in tradition. Fishing new bodies of water allow us to uh, approach with a clean slate, make good decisions based on what we're seeing in terms of water clarity, wind conditions, uh, weed growth, uh, you know, time of year, and and if they're biting or not and so we're not spending too much time in the wrong spot or we're not making good decisions and i think if if other anglers embrace the fact that you could target new lakes and go out there and just learn how to fish that lake you're going to find yourself having a lot more confidence to make moves on lakes that you're familiar with
0: we're visiting today with uh, steve panaz host producer of the very popular lake commandos uh, fishing show and uh, Steve, I want to follow up on that question about your strategy going to a new lake, but we're going to take a break first because uh, we have a word from our new sponsor, Hewitt Docks. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pond Two Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic Rolodoc or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to hewittrad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pontoon Legs. Work hard, play
2: harder. You deserve a Hewitt. Thousand Hills, lifetime grazed. Thousand Hills, lifetime grazed beef. Grass-fed beef right here in Minnesota, you know. We make a career talking about clean water, native habitat, and some of the best environmental practices. That's exactly why I'm so excited about Thousand Hills. You know, it is locally raised beef done differently. You see, Thousand Hills uses what is called regenerative agriculture to raise their cattle. Those beef cows, they graze in fields of wild grasses and they move between a lot of different fields of grass. It is a sustainable ecosystem free of synthetic fertilizers and chemical herbicides. It's a system of agriculture that promotes clean water, natural grasses, and the best beef you've tasted. It's beef raised the right way. You can check out Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed grass-fed beef, to understand their regenerative agricultural practices and fall in love with Thousand Hills
0: beef. Hey, thanks for sticking with us here for the Minnesota Bound podcast. We're visiting today with uh, the host producer of a very popular Lake Commando's fishing show, Steve Panaz. Steve, you're a Minnesota guy. That's how uh, you and I know each other. Um, But you were talking about going to a strange lake and uh, even going to a familiar lake and then maybe fishing memories that doesn't work. So kind of take me step by step when you first look at a strange lake. Uh, what are you looking for?
1: I, I think one of the first things I look at is the water clarity. Um, if, if you've got water that is uh, very turbid, say you got three, four feet of water clarity, that tells me where the weed growth is typical to end at somewhere between 7 and 10, and 11 feet. And so automatically I can cut off a big chunk of that lake just because I know that the majority of the fish that we're gonna be targeting are gonna be somewhere near that weed line. And that weed line is gonna be between these depths. So that helps. On clear lakes, you know, the fish could be as deep as uh, as deep as they want because there's weeds that could be out at 20, 25 feet. I look at seasonality, uh, it, you know, is the spawn going on? Is it fall, is it midsummer? You know, what's happening that way? And, and the other thing is I'm looking at is, is kind of what my partner's uh, strengths are. You know, I, I fish with a lot of elite bass pros that fly in or guides and others that are known for certain types of techniques, either cranking or topwaters or jigs or whatever. And so I try to pick patterns that would either be the opposite of what they're doing uh, or, you know, simply if they're gonna fish bottom, I'm gonna fish top or if they're gonna fish cranks or mid depths, I'm gonna fish bottom. And just try to see if there's a technique that or a bait that will work better than what they're probably going to be choosing.
0: Well, it's interesting because when you and I, you were kind enough to invite me to be uh, one of your uh, so-called pros uh, to uh, uh, sort of challenge you in the, from the back of the boat for Lake Commandos. And it was interesting for me because uh, uh, you were a- ahead of me casting a heavier uh, trying to jig in a cry, I think it was you had I had kind of the same thing but a lighter jig on and um, not bragging but I was uh, out fishing you there and but that was an educational moment which we then talked about which uh, I found fascinating that the bass were so uh, intent on, on a, a bait that was a little slower sinking versus a heavier one that uh, you were using. Is is my memory correct there?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. But, you know, Rob, <laughs> we run into that so often in that I did a shoot with Danny Thomas, uh, one of the local guys with Garmin last year, and, and, and I was beating him pretty handily. And he finally turned around and says, I've got the same lure, the same rod, the same reel, the same line, what am I doing wrong? I says, you've got an eighth ounce sinker and I've got a 16th ounce on and he made the switch. And I think one of the beauties of fishing against each other with the same rig at the same time is you really start to see the impact of your decisions. Uh, Should I've gone to chartreuse? Should I've gone to something else? Is my hook too big? Is my sinker too heavy? And there's times when those little tiny things make a huge difference. And when you, when you compete against each other, those differences really become apparent. And I think that's where the learning process takes place.
0: Yeah, I, it, it was an eye-opener for me, too, because uh, it wasn't that much different. Plus, you know, you being in the front of the boat, you had first crack at these fish. And obviously, you're a good caster. You were throwing in good spots and not getting the fish that I was following behind you throwing, to hopefully, to some of the same fishy-looking spots and, and finding bass coming out and going after it. Uh, that, that's a huge lesson, I think, that we passed on there to other anglers. The other thing you mentioned uh, earlier or, or alluded to is a tendency that I fight all the time, and that is fishing memories. How do you fight that?
1: Well, I think you make a commitment. Uh, I've seen so many anglers jump in the boat together and uh, say you and I are going to go fishing and, and we both put on a, a live bait rig for Mille Lacs walleyes or something. We both put on a leech and we've got a four foot leader or five foot leader and a this and that. And uh, uh, we've found so many times out there that if you go out there and, and, Use different presentations. If you're gonna use a leech, I'm gonna use a crawler. If you're using a, a fathead, I should use a sucker minnow. If you're using white, I should use black. And, and let the fish tell you what they want rather than deciding for them. And when you have more people in the boat or on the ice, everybody should start off with something different. And, and you'll see pretty quickly that somebody made a good decision and, and somebody didn't. And that allows you to get on those patterns a lot faster.
0: You know, I had a lesson this past summer, which I'll never forget, and that is I had a couple of walleye enthusiasts that uh, uh, that bought my fishing trip, so to speak, a charity deal, and I took them to Malax, and uh, we were using, just like you said, live bait rigs with primarily uh, leeches and crawlers. I don't know if we had minnows, I don't remember. doesn't matter, and uh, we weren't... Doing worth a dang. I could see some fish on the electronics, etc., but they weren't biting. And uh, we we went to different flats out there, if you know, Malax. And then we came along one flat. I think it was Eight Mile Flat, and there was a father-son, young son, maybe twelve years old, uh, anchored or spot locked there. And uh, as we approached them, we could they're they're yanking in walleyes. And I mean. Just sometimes doubles, and we had had at that point one fish. <laughs> so I, I get as close to them as I dare, and but anyway, they were nice. And I we started a conversation because they kept pulling in fish, and they were using leeches, we were using leeches. The difference was they were using a bobber and a leech, and and we were using rigs, and the walleye were apparently far enough from the bottom that uh, they weren't interested in coming down for our leech. They were coming up to their leech. It was you know suspended under a bobber. I, 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 you wouldn't think a little difference like that would mean anything, but it certainly does.
1: It does. I'll never forget in season one, I fished against a young man who was the college state champion in Texas. We were on a body water in Texas. And uh, we pull up to a, a point, and we're throwing Carolina rigs for bass. We had the same exact Berkley Trigger Craw and Green Pumpkin, and he's throwing uh, everything on a on a fluorocarbon uh, line and a three quarter ounce sinker and a bead. I thought because it was a big cold front that uh, we should I should fish a lighter sinker and and no bead, to keep it more of a subtle technique and. In the first 10 minutes, he put four fish in the boat and I put none in the boat, cast to the exact same spot with the exact same lure. And I turned to the camera and said, I don't know why the fish don't like what I've got, but I switched from a, a braided mainline to fluorocarbon. I put a three quarter round sinker and a bead on and I caught one on my first cast. And I think that if you if you run into situations where things aren't working, you really do need to start tweaking because the, the fish will bite typically. you just got to make good decisions.
0: Yes. <laughs> these, these lessons seem endless, Steve, because fishing is, uh, as I tell people, every day is a new puzzle to solve. And uh, <laughs> sometimes you solve it, sometimes you don't. Um, but in some ways, you hate the game, but it's also a game that keeps you coming back, huh?
1: Yes, absolutely. If it was easy, I think uh, I'd have quit it a long time ago, and I think you would have as well. I just... Uh, I'm fascinated because every time you think you know enough to be dangerous, you get thrown on your tail.
0: Well, there's, there are days I wish it was a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I, guess I have to take a short break again, and we'll get back to you. We're talking with Steve Panaz, host producer of the Late Commandos television show. And um, we'll be back after these words from Minnesota Propane Association.
1: The Sherr family enjoys spending a lot of time outside, hence we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy, right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com.
0: Hey, folks, I get a chance to talk about Kinetico, my favorite water uh, softening system. The water quality that you get in your home either for washing clothes, taking a shower, or I have a special Connecticut uh, system leading to drinking water in my kitchen sink, is the best. In my own situation, my home was on a, on a river. The water was iron-stained. It smelled awful, if you know what I mean, and it stained everything, including the sink, including the, the bathrooms, etc. After we went for Connecticut, all of that went away today our water is as good as you're going to find in a plastic bottle in the grocery store uh, so i urge you to check out Connecticut systems um, you won't be disappointed and for sure you're going to have the best water possible Connecticut, give them a try Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. All right, we're back again with another final segment of the Minnesota Bound podcast. Thanks for sticking with us here. We're talking with Steve Panaz, host producer of the very popular Lake Commandos TV show. And Steve, before I forget, um, let's tell the folks how they can see Lake Commandos or there's is there a, a couple of networks or ways they can do that?
1: Yeah, we air uh, Sunday mornings, 1030, and four other air times a week on Outdoor Channel. And uh, we're also available online on TV.com. In fact, we have our entire library on uh, TV.com. So uh, it's been popular there. Uh, in fact, I've been blown away with how many uh, minutes have been downloaded in the last year. It's, uh, it's an incredible... Um, it's it's just been fun to watch that.
0: How about YouTube? Are you on YouTube?
1: No, we we don't go to YouTube uh, simply because the the network has licensed our our uh, our footage uh, and our shows, and so uh, we have a YouTube channel, but it's not uh, it's not current with current shows.
0: All right, so you've got a couple of ways to see Steve in action there, and I urge you all to give it a try. You're going to learn something and have some fun too uh, fishing with uh, Steve and his. Yes. Steve, uh, uh, before we kind of say goodbye here, I wanted to ask you about there's some issues growing in the fishing world about how far our electronics are going for showing us the bottom, showing us where fish are, where you supposedly, if you believe the ads, you can see these fish, you can cast to them, and bingo, you can catch them like you're fishing in a bathtub. Um, What's your feeling about Uh, how far electronics should go or have have gone and uh, uh, How we how we should sort of make it a still a fair game for the fish
1: You know most of the most of the viewers or or listeners here are familiar with Garmin live scope It's probably the number one technology out there And it's a it's a down and horizontal viewing technology that allows you to see fish and individual fish and I've been on Malax Lacs uh, for a number of years now where I could take a live scope and go across a, a, a hump or a mud flat or something and, and target individual fish and make cast to them 40, 50 feet away and watch them respond to my presentation. The difference, I think, Ron, is that, and I'll go back to a story. Uh, there's a, a group of men I'm involved with that go fishing every year. And uh, one year I, I couldn't make it, they had a trip up to Rainy Lake on the Canadian side when the limit was very, very tight. And one of the guys came up to me and he says, hey, do you hear about the men's trip? I said, no. He goes, worst trip of my life. I says, why is that? He says, we caught 120 walleyes a day per boat and we couldn't keep a fish. A Couple of minutes later, another guy comes up, he says, hey, do you hear about the men's trip? I said, no, I didn't hear anything about it. He says, best trip of my life. We got 120, uh, 120 walleyes a day and didn't have to clean fish. And, and I think we're in a situation today where we have a population of anglers uh, that understand that conservation is important. I, what I like about the technology is I'm having, I'm having uh, strong interactions with fish and I don't necessarily have to catch them to actually have had an interaction with them. And, and I enjoy that. I've learned a lot. I mean, I've seen on LiveScope fish respond to a jig and a leech where they didn't like the, the, a chartreuse jig and they turn around at the last second. I've watched them migrate uh, one direction all day while on the ice. I've watched them, um, you know, before 2D sonar, it was looking at four or five feet of the bottom. And you know, you say, well, there's no fish here. Well, the truth is the technique or the te- uh, presentation I have is not drawing them in that last 10 feet. They're swimming right by me and they don't care that I'm there. I think that as long as anglers t- are still uh, willing to preserve and, and, and take a fish or two for dinner but not have to limit out all the time, I think this technology has a place. I think it can be used uh, without harming the fisheries if anglers show restraint. And just based on the population of anglers that's coming up through now, uh, I, I'm seeing that, uh, the catching and the releasing as, 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 valuable, if not more valuable than keeping a fish for dinner. And that leads me to think we're, we're, we're going to be okay.
0: Well, I, I appreciate those comments. Um, my own view is there's no ever turning the clock back. So, uh, it is what it is. As you, as you related more and more anglers now are catching and releasing if you'd have said that, that Minnesota anglers are releasing walleyes of, of 20 years ago, I'd have told you you're crazy. They'd never yeah. release a walleye, but that's totally wrong now. Uh, some laws force you to release walleyes, but uh, I think there's a conservation conscience out there that's there. A lot of people say, well, the fish don't stand a chance. Well. I think if you talk to the people with some of the best electronics, they would tell you yes, they do still have a chance to keep their mouth closed, and they do keep their mouth closed at times. The other thing is, uh, uh, there are other ways to preserve the resource, and that is if it gets if enough people are keeping too many fish, well, we reduce limits, uh, create more restrictions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, if we have to, to Uh, Keep these fish populations at a healthy level. So um, I'm old enough to remember, Steve, that uh, the Minnesota legislature at one time very seriously considered um, banning uh, the green box that Lawrence came out with. Uh, They thought that's way, it's giving anglers too much advantage, it would deplete the fish stocks, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that argument didn't fly. The legislature never did ban the box and of course now a lot of the people who wanted to ban the box they'd roll over in their grave if they saw what's happening now but i still think the same as you can't turn the clock back and like you said uh these the electronics adds to the enjoyment of fishing doesn't mean you're going to kill a bunch of more fish it just adds to the enjoyment so anyway those those are my thoughts steve
1: yeah, I, I agree with you, Ron. And, you know, GPS was another discussion not that long ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago as well. And, you know, it's just one of those things that as we continue to move uh, forward in technology, it's it, it, it's going to either be embraced or not. But I, I, I just think the average angler really does embrace it.
0: Well, Steve, I'm uh, about uh, ready to say goodbye. I really enjoyed our chat and um, uh, certainly congratulate you on your success with Lake Commandos television show.
1: Thank you very much, Ron.
0: So, with that, uh, say goodbye to Steve Panaz, Lake Commandos TV show. Enjoyed the kind of always loved to talk fishing with anybody, especially uh, people like Steve. And so, before we say goodbye to the Minnesota Bound podcast, I want to thank. Uh, Our sponsors here, Minnesota Propane, Hewitt Docks, Connecticut, my favorite water, Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed, and North Dakota Tourism, and my favorite bank, the Star Bank folks. So with that, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with more Minnesota Bound podcast. Don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. I'm Ron Sherrill.